A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, so today... Do you want to open the door there? Yeah. So today I was thinking we might have a chat about insects and their pals, the arthropods, the invertebrates, mm-hmm. all the bugs... And if you come out here, I'll show you my foot garden. How are you collecting, so by the way? I'm very well, Collins. <laughs> <laughs> right, what have we got here? Right, so this is my front garden, and it's like every other front garden nowadays. It seems to have a driveway in it. Everybody mm-hmm. loves their driveway to protect their car, but that's at the detriment of our grasses and our plants that you'd have around. So to combat that, I put in a fairly messy and wild verge. Yeah. On, the, on the side of it well it looks really nice actually because you have uh, it's overgrown with ivies and you have some beautiful logs just lying there yeah and you've got some trees there's a lot going on it's a tiny space but there's a lot going on yeah so I have deciduous I have pines I have magnolia some very high bushes for the birds to mm. nest in because they need height if they want to nest and it covered the ground with ivies and stuff for plenty of hiding spaces for any little bugs that are around and the most important thing, and this is something that everybody can do at home, is I was passing by a tree felling, which is all too common nowadays, unfortunately, with councils wanting to clean up. Yes. So um, what I did was I asked the guys on the site, could I take a couple of the logs off the old tree? Mm. Now, it's a deciduous tree, so it's not it's not pine or sika, mm. which are fairly toxic to animals. But it's a, a nice deciduous tree. And if I come over, are you going to come over here with me? I am, yeah. And the logs, I have to say, they do look very nice as well. Like, they're beautiful they're pieces. Nice, long yeah. piece of wood. Yeah. Now, if you roll it over, what have we got here? Oh, oh look, look at already. that. already. There you go. Centipede. Wow. Baby oh, centipedes. Yeah. We've got egg cases here from uh, slugs. We have two or three different species of wood lice. Small native snails here. The gas thing is when you t- when you turn it over, um, you don't see anything. But then suddenly, you're, as your eye become yeah. accustomed, there's tons of life in there's there. There's loads, and it's just because now there be even more life here. The best time to look under logs for bugs and stuff like that is when it's dry, because when it's wet, the guys are all out doing their thing. Um, all bugs, all insects, and arthropods are essentially sea creatures that decided to come onto land a couple of hundred million years ago, and they still need that dampness. Yeah. So when it does rain or, or, or if it's a foggy morning, they'll be out. Look at that lovely red wood. Like yeah. Gorgeous. Very skinny, loads of legs. Yeah. And there's tons of wood lice there. Lots and lots of wood lots lice. Of lots of worms. Now we'll go back up here to the one. Now I also, if you notice, I put in a little pond. Oh, yeah. So that's just in case. The so spare frogs out the front. Yeah, exactly. Our f- hoverflies. Look at this now. Oh, so you just Air roll back worms. a smaller, a big piece of log. It's about four feet. Yeah. Um, 
What was that big spider just around? That was a European giant house spider. Ah. So that's Tons of earthworms cool. as well that I'm seeing. Yeah. And oh, and different species of... Different species of centipede here. Oh, right. Really long one. That's a very small, very... Skinny, uh, yeah. Skinny, light-coloured. Is that young or is it... No, that's an adult. Oh, right. Yeah. It's quite small, just a... Yeah, I think we have two or three species in the country. Yeah. But um, they had the giant house spider in there. That's our web. So if you didn't have these logs... What, what it would be is a monoculture. If I, had, if, if I had a clean kind of just the gravel down or just uh, wood chippings down, yeah. it'd be nothing. Yeah. But when you plant it up with a bit of cover and then you put your logs out, you get that kind of uh, little home. Yeah. It's a little kind of a micro... A little micro environment for them all to go there. Now, if you look at the the driveways, they stay here. The driveways, they're just, just all paved, paved and barren. You know, so yours so. is a little oasis of a Bio- greenery biodiversity and exactly. for all those animals. So that means the birds flying around here. Everything lands in here to mm. eat. Everything. Yeah. So if everybody has a tiny little bridge like this one in their front that's, or back garden or balcony, does it make a exactly big difference? Yeah. That would. And like in places like this, or people make an effort like this. It's it means the world. It gives. It, it literally them, means the yeah, world. Yeah, it gives them breeding space. Yeah. Gives opportunities for hedgehogs and all to wa- walk up from the park here and sniff out some food. Yeah. We have badgers in here at night sniffing around. Yeah. They ro- they come up right down from the Dodder Valley up here sniffing around for food. God. So. And look, it's it's so... Like the lawns between on either side of the road here um, are clipped back and people's driveways are paved over. So this is just... A lovely oasis. Yeah. And actually, it looks messy now, but believe it or not, during the summer when the trees come in and we have lots of different wildflowers that will come up, it actually looks really well. Yeah. It does. It, you can control it to a, to a certain degree, you know? And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's something I keep telling people because it can be overwhelming when you read um, news articles or you see it in the, on the telly that the, the insect population is dying and the planet could be wiped out if they disappear, which is all true. But... No one tells you how you can help out. Yeah. And this is a very simple way of helping out. And yeah. It's easy to do. It doesn't require any effort. And you're also recycling nature. If you're using old logs, yeah. put a bucket in the ground to put your little pond yeah. in. All that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's lashing rain and it's freezing. When we Let's head go into, into the, the shed. shed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the tropics. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Got it. Okay, here we go. Professional. So, Callie, and this we're back in the shed. Oh, we are indeed, yes. So, listen, um, that chat that we started outside, I have been wanting to talk about insects for quite a while, but I was a bit worried that it was going to get a bit too Depressed. sad and doom and gloom. But you, you feel, <clears throat> okay, we need to talk about insects, but you also feel that people could do something about it. Yeah. Um, it would be very easy for us here to, to sit here now for the next half an hour and talk about how everything has gone terribly wrong yeah. how 40% of our insects worldwide have disappeared at a rate of 2% a year mm. and then in 100 years time they'll be completely gone we can go on about that and scream about the sky falling or we can say how we can make a difference in our own little areas and try and encourage and improve 
conditions for them to live, mm. especially around towns and cities. We we can do that. I have. A, uh, I suppose I have a really basic question. First yeah. of all, a really really basic question. Fire away. Why do we need insects? Like, why bother? Okay, so insects and all arthropods, which are the invertebrates, animals without backbones, all your bugs and your snails and all that kind of. They are keystone species, so that means they're right in the middle of food webs or, or at the base of food webs, either way. Mm. So everything eats them. Mm. Birds, frogs, reptiles, mammals, yeah. everything eats them or eats something that eats them. So when they disappear, the food web collapses. The other thing they do is they're nature's recyclers. Mm. They chew up all the dead leaves, they mulch it, they do their poos, it goes into the ground, it recreates, uh, or it puts not all the proper nutrients back in the ground for the trees, and that keeps the forest cycle going. Then, the the, the most popular thing that's going around at the moment is the fact that they're pollinators, mm. and they do that for free. An incredible kind of uh, service for mankind, because all our fruit and some of our vegetables will come from pollinated plants. Mm. So that's the bees and the beetles and, and the other certain flies as well that will go around collecting pollen and also fertilizing the plants so we get our fruit mm. and veg so three things that they do for free so that's you know how you, you, and, and not just things that they do for free that we could do without them if they're gone it's a massive collapse on on three elements that we need to survive mm. three elements of the planet mm. so if they're not around we're not around it's as simple as that I think I read somewhere that, um, do you know the biologist E.O. Wilson? Yes. If I remember correctly, he wrote somewhere that if the insects disappear, that we'll be gone in three months. Yeah. Well, if we were still doing our current model of intensive farming and, mm. and, and if we were gone like that, it wouldn't be good for us. It definitely not wouldn't be good. The thing about humanity is we're very inventive and creative we probably have a massive drop in our own numbers but then somebody would come up with like I don't know cubes of algae that you could you know barely survive off mm. and wouldn't taste great it wouldn't taste great but and then and then in China they've they through mass agriculture in China they wiped out all their their wild mm. bees so what they have to do is literally get human bees to go around with chicken feathers on sticks mm. and pollinate all their plants <laughs> And it's a massive amount of work that has yeah. to be done because they involved themselves so much in this like high intensive agriculture. Now, that's one of the biggest problems in the West with um, the insect declines is intensive agriculture. Small farms, which were properly organic with multiple crops uh, cycled, they're all gone. And now you have big, huge farms, no hedgerows, no trees just row and row and row of corn, wheat yeah. or whatever they're growing at the time and that's a monoculture and that's no good for anything so that's a, a, a major problem in itself Se second to that is they have to pump tons of poisons into the soil to protect the, the plants because it's it's over such a, a, a large area to protect our crops and these insecticides that they're putting into the ground are so... Uh, virulent and so strong that they actually remain there for years afterwards so not only are they killing the pests that would be eating the crops they go into the soils they kill all the earthworms mm. they kill all the grubs for the next generation of bugs mm. that in turn has an effect on the bird life the bat life the amphibians everything like we were talking about earlier yeah. on so that's the major problem in the west in the countries 
where you would have rainforests, like in Puerto Rico, for example, in one day rainforest, a pristine rainforest, protected area. There was a 98% drop in invertebrate uh, life wow. since the 70s. And the reason for that is there's no intensive farming going on around there. Mm. So what the speculation of the reason is and what they've come to the conclusion is, it's because of a two degree change in temperature. So you have these animals that evolve in this very complex system where it's, you know, rainforests are massive food webs and very yeah. complex and very stable. And when that small change in temperature with climate change, it's just decimating all these invertebrates. Mm. So, um, yeah, so they're getting punched out of it from a lot of different directions. And this is why we need to step up our game as people who are concerned for, you know, the future of our our grandchildren if we're going to be selfish but the future of the planet in general and the other non-humans yes exactly yeah everything on this world has a right to be here and a right to exist and if we can uh, assist in in keeping them around I think it's important that we do Mm, I totally agree when we're talking about species disappearing people get very upset understandably about you know species like rhinos or some of the the big animals that charismatic are megafauna <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um rightly so but it's very easy i think because these animals have a particular look about them and because we can identify with them they look cute to us because of the way they're built their faces are recognizable as faces yeah. they sort of remind us of our own offspring and that's what makes them yes that's what brings out this anthropomorphification it sort of brings out that nurturing instinct in us where we're we find it easy then to um to actually want to save them and to care about them but for you with your particular gang of insects and arthropods, how do you make people want to save these? Because they're not particularly sexy. They're not particularly cute looking to, to some people. Um, how do you make people want, care about enough about insects to want to save them? Yeah, it's hard because, as you said, they're not, uh, they're not your stereotypical furry, cuddly <laughs> creatures. Well, maybe the tarantulas are, but they're definitely not c- cuddly. <laughs> I try to tell people how amazing they are and some of the stuff, some of their life cycles Mm. and how incredible their life cycles are and some of the interesting things they do. I also try to point out what they do for us as I was talking to you there earlier on, the stuff that goes unnoticed. They're working away in the background to keep us able to go to the movies on a Friday night. (laughs) You know, it's kind of weird to say that, but that's the truth. Tarantulas in particular, like one of the oldest species of spiders on the planet, one of the oldest inverts, came out of the sea found their little niche and they're still rocking today doing exactly the same thing the centipedes I have in here the giant Vietnamese centipedes are monstrous animals that mm-hmm. like it's nearly the length of your arm and they'll eat bats wow. crawl up walls and grab bats and they'll they'll tackle anything but they were around millions of years ago again harking back to my fascinating with times gone by and how cool things were and they're still around doing the exact same thing spiders will eat 400 to 800 million tonnes of pests a year. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. That's for free, again, you know. So they are such an important part of the ecosystem. All these animals are very close to being an encounter with an alien life form, when you think of it that way as well, because they don't see the world the way we do at all. 
their vision is poor compared to ours. Well, most of them. Some spiders have great vision, but well, their vision is different, isn't it's it? It's very different, and they they see the world through sensitive hairs on their mm-hmm. body and through their webs. Some spiders, the, the orb weavers that you'd see outside your door, like they'd see the world through their webs. Right. That's actually an extension of their bodies. So when something lands on that, they feel they that. Feel and they feel that sense exactly, going on. exactly. And some insects see different parts of the light spectrum, right? Yeah. So ultraviolet stuff like that, which if we you, don't see. No, and if you light up uh, or if you look at certain plants under ultraviolet, even though they look really attractive to us, and we go, "Oh, that must be what attracts the bees mm. and the." the wasps of these beautiful flowers it's nothing to do with that it's it's actually the ultraviolet light that mm. they're following in it's a fascinating world when you look at it through the eyes of, of a creature of these creatures who are so completely different to us this is another thing especially with kids and I'm a big kid but uh it's a jungle out there. It literally is. Under your bin bag, you leave out for the night. You you take it up in the morning. You have a centipede in there, and you might have a beetle, and you'd see a few carcasses of like wood lice and a chewed up worm. And I I'm there going, oh my god, this is a battle zone here last yeah. night. <laughs> so this is all happening in people's yards and their back gardens, wow. and it's underappreciated. It's like the plains of Africa, yeah. except in a miniature version. Yeah. In your garden. Yeah. And all these predators and herbivores and all the stuff that's going on, the relationships, earwigs looking after their babies, spiders looking after their, carrying their babies on their back. All these kind of interesting little quirky things that are going on we don't appreciate. Yeah. And it's not like tiny little soap operas going on. Yeah, very much so, wow. very much so. And like, uh, as I said earlier on, the opportunity to have that in all our gardens is, is very simple. Mm. It's putting down a little bit of soil a damp area for them and maybe a, a rotten log and if you can if you have space put in a, a bucket of water mm. flush with the ground and you have these interesting little tiny biodiverse area and they show up it's amazing you could live in the middle of a car park and bugs will show up because yeah. they're out there looking for homes <laughs> there's yeah. nowhere for them to go so so if you have a balcony if all you have is a balcony you can still do stuff right yeah you could put a, a, a window box out with wildflowers in mm. All you need is very poor soil. Mm. Don't put compost in, for example. But like you find all that advice online. But you can put in native wildflowers and that will give bees and bugs at home. Mm. Yeah. What I find such a shame is when you look around, say, Dublin City, where we are, there's such an emphasis on clipping things back, keeping lawns tidy. And on the verges of all the pathways, just as we saw outside your own house, you know, there's lawns, they're clipped. And if, if some of that was left grow wild, how amazing would that be? But also, if you choose to, you know, go against convention and have what, pe- what some people would call a messy front garden with just wild stuff growing yeah. in it, people sort of look at you a bit strangely. It's such a shame. We need, I think, to have a bit of a shift in our culture to realise it's fine yeah. this is what nature is there's an obsession with tidying everything yeah. up and clipping things and even in the parks it's it's gotten worse lately where they, where they go around in the parks and hoover up the leaves and like occasionally I have to go in and talk with councils over improving biodiversity or, or whatnot. and we had to point out to them we were like you're hoovering the leaves up it's part of the natural cycle that yeah. they go into the ground and rot Yeah. And then you'd be wondering why the trees are getting sick or there's no butterflies or there's no beetles or there's no bugs because yeah. that's all part of the system. So when you do your outreach and talk to schools and are you trying to get kids to 
enjoy the dirtiness or the untidiness of nature or are they are they enjoying it anyway the problem is there's a digital disconnect nowadays yeah. with this because they'd be rather be in a, an iPad than up a tree yeah you know yeah but in saying that when you show kids any bugs or spiders they completely lose their mind and they <laughs> love it and that's very encouraging and that's all right. my thing is to to attack the parents in a positive way now not attack them but <laughs> get some beetles but uh, no just to to kind of just say to them do you remember when you were a kid yeah and that sparks this little thing oh I remember yeah. do you remember hairy mollies the caterpillars that that's used right. to collect yeah. everywhere I haven't seen them in years everywhere they were and they're all gone yeah um do you remember beetles? Do you remember all these creep, creepy crawlies you have? And they're like, oh, do you remember the windscreens? Yes, there's an there's an, if, uh, one of the things that I say to people, especially if you're having a pint down the pub and people get to, what mm. do you do for a living? And then I get talking, they're like, ah, oh, sure, it can't be that bad. And I, the first thing I would say is, mm. well, if you don't think insect uh, numbers are drastically dropping, when was the last time you had to clean the front of your car after a drive down the countryside? So true. You know, there was an entomologist in Australia actually said he drove halfway across the outback in Australia without having to clean the window of his car once. Oh, God. Which is like the outback in Australia. Yeah. I mean, that is terrifying to think. That sort of stuff anyway, when you talk to the parents, that brings it home. And then you can suggest, and anyone who's listened to this, obviously you probably have an interest in, in natural history or or bugs yourself or trying to make a difference. It's, it's very easy. It's just give them a little bit of breathing space put aside a wild corner of your property or your garden and let nature out of have a tiny garden and we just have a heap of we put a compost heap in it up mm-hmm. against the wall it's not in a plastic bin or anything it's just sitting there and we heap all our organic stuff on yeah. it and the amount of life that comes oh. out of it it's it just thrills yeah, me every time i go down yeah. and sometimes i sneak in or i sit there in the corner and i watch what's going on and there's birds coming from everywhere and doing their thing on it and they're all getting something out of it yeah like it's it's so exciting to watch especially at night if you go out at night with a yeah. torch or something i, I go Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Going to my compost and I, right, I'd have a look. And now I'd probably be more looking for the frogs and the newts that would right. come up and eat stuff. But in saying that, you do see all these little battles going on yeah. and things sticking out. And, and then, uh, like, the odd time you'll see something show up that you didn't know you had in your garden mm. and it's like oh that's brilliant I've seen some crazy stuff you know that, what have you seen uh, cockchafers <laughs> cockchafers so well no uh, they <laughs> they were probably named before the uh, the old slang word came before into the, <laughs> but they're a type of beetles they're also called maybugs oh right there was huge numbers of them around Ireland mm. and England back in the day but they breed in farmland and on grassland so they'd lay their eggs in the grass between grassland and say where there would be old deciduous forest what happened was all the forests went yeah. the, uh, the intensive agriculture happened so when they were laying their eggs the grubs that would develop into the the adult beetles were, were dying off mm. so the numbers have crashed everywhere but occasionally you'll see them around still and it's, uh, yeah I love them there I was in Italy on holidays over there Italy is great for invertebrates really good because they are all about organic farming in your back garden recycling stuff there's a load of bugs over there and mm. I think it's it, it just it, it blows my mind because it reminds me of when I used to be a kid in Ireland mm. which isn't that long ago because I'm you know not that old but it, it rem- <laughs> shut up <laughs> still young and virile but um, <laughs> uh it, it reminds me of that when you turn on a light in a porch and mm. it would be bouncing with life. Yeah. It's still like that over in Italy. And and when I was over there, I saw a an absolute swarm of cockchafers coming towards me, which sounds amazing. <laughs> if you were to edit that now, I had a swarm of cockchafers after me. But yeah, check them out. If you Google them, they're very chunky, uh, kind of hairy looking beetles, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah Maybugs are cockchafers the name are they're really cool and the odd time I, especially around May I'll get a lot of messages and tweets from people going what the hell is this it just yeah. came in my kitchen window and you get to use the word cockchafer, cockchafer and not get arrested <laughs> I have a challenge for you. Go ahead. Fire away. I'm getting to know insects because yeah. we had our spiders at home and we also had some beetles at home, various different types of beetles. And again, I just got to know them. When I got to know them, I just fell for them. They're amazing. There's one thing I can't fall for. I just can't. I've tried, but I can't. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. My... Can you sell cockroaches to me as being yeah. cool? Cockroaches. Um... Do you have any here? I have, yeah. Hang on here. So I'm challenging you. To make cockroaches cool. Yes. How am I going to make cockroaches cool? <laughs> you will rise to the challenge, my I friend. I will try, yeah. I mean, like, look, the, my favourite cockroaches are the hissing cockroaches, obviously because they're big, chunky animals. Yeah. I'm going to take a couple out here. But, um, like, I mean, again. So you're taking a big bo- massive big box there. Oh, my God. I'm si- Okay. Oh, <laughs> here, here. I do have something. Here. I do have something, don't I? Yes, now. <gasps> So these are called domino cockroaches, right? So these look like dominoes. They do, actually. Yeah. So they're black bodies with white spots on them. Now here's something cool. All right. These are mimics. 
Oh. They mimic a, a local beetle species in uh, India mm-hmm. that has a chemical attack defense system. Yeah. So they've evolved to look exactly like that beetle. They even walk like them a little bit. And um, it stops. It, it, predators think twice about eating them. So I think they're really pretty little things. So they're sort of the size of like a two-euro coin, but yeah. not, they're not completely round. No. They're actually too pretty. <laughs> they are definitely too pretty. For cockroaches. For cockroaches. Yeah. Um, would I even take one in my hand? This yeah. you have to you have to realize how big a thing this is for me <laughs> to put them on my hand. They're only tickly, but they're still not. Okay, this oh, just jumped <laughs> in, but they're actually very very pretty. They're a forest species. Yeah. And, you know, there's a female there. She's full of eggs. So. They're very thin, and so that's the wings folded up there where yeah. the, the dots. No, are. these aren't flyers. All right. A lot of cockroaches aren't flyers. Some are. Um, but like, how can you not love them? But they don't look anything like cockroaches. Like they're far too. But they are cockroaches. There you go. <laughs> a chihuahua doesn't look like a dog, but it is one. <laughs> All right, I've actually. I'm actually sold on those. You sold on those ones, right? Well, that, that was a, an easy start. Now we go to the hard. Oh, God. This hard is looking massive. Here. I'm seeing huge. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You've just taken up a Tupperware, a big Tupperware uh, bucket, essentially, with a lid on top, a square one. Yeah. And they are, oh, my God. Fucking hell. There's a lot Like of three centimetres big. Yeah. And there are just tons of them. And are you ready for this? Oh, Jesus. Hang on. No, no. Just are we going to do press this? Press the microphone. Ah! There you go. <laughs> so she's actually pushing air through the sphericals along oh her body. God. And you can tell it's a girl because they're sexually dimorphic, which is really cool as okay. well. So sexual dimorphism is a, a difference between men and female. Okay. The hiss is amazing. There's the male with the with the, the spores on the head there. Ah, so that's like three centimetres long. Yeah. It looks they're not the even fully grown. Really? No, so there you go. There's a big one. I have goosebumps. This is, this is a lot for me now. Just yeah. It really is. Um... These are great though, and like, there's a lot of thought being put into replacing cows right. with these. Right. Now, that's a really cool fact, and oh. it's a really interesting one because I, I know I know you're. Uh, uh, They're a, sitting on your hands. Oh, a, an animal, an animal <laughs> welfare uh, champion. Right. And I'm sure you would prefer for people to eat cockroach burgers than. Cow burgers. Well, I feel they would suffer less than cows. Yes. I could be wrong, of course but that's they would. what I feel they would. They would, yeah. Although they have done studies saying that these guys have little memories and personalities. Oh, God. So that's kind of hard. But in the greater scheme of things, it's, it, it does make more sense. I'll tell you why. Environmentally, they don't cause such an impact. Yeah. Uh, they don't give off the same amount of CO2 fumes. Yeah. You can use their poo for fertiliser. Oh, that's right. why I get such lovely tomatoes. <laughs> um, also... These are fed exclusively on my kitchen waste. Okay. And the animals, the animals in the shed eat these. Okay. So. So these are food as well. Oh, for these your... are food for everything. All oh, right. Yeah. So like, otherwise you just have a mass of. <laughs> yeah. Of cockroaches, you know. So and. Like, do you have how many? Do you have in there? Do you have a hundred? Oh, there's a couple of hundred. Yeah. Oh. Like you have to count the babies as well. Oh so my god. There's all babies in here. So where are these native to? So Madagascar. Okay. So they'd be a forest dwelling. Uh, species okay. but they're really really pretty little animals they're great for educational talks kids obviously really 
gravitate towards them. Yeah. Uh, grown up kids like me gravitate towards them too, <laughs> obviously. Why do I have a problem with cockroaches when I don't have a problem with spiders? Do you know, it's everybody is afraid of something. I don't know what it is. Some people are. Here, put this one oh, out. Okay, you've got to put it on my hand. No, All right, okay, that Absolutely I'm, fine. Okay. Goosebumps, but absolutely fine. And I can then, see the hair standing up on your arm. Actually, yeah. But now that I'm looking at it, right, I'm just seeing, my God, it's it's perfect in the sense of what it was built to do, what it evolved to do. And yeah, it's exactly. beautiful looking. So it looks like um, a very long three centimetre animal, sort of oblong shape. And it looks like it has, what do you call that? Uh, segments. Hand, segments, yeah. Yeah. And it's a beautiful mahogany colour. Oh my yeah. God, I think, I'm, I think I'm falling for them. Can yeah. We, can this be possible? See, I'm good, aren't I? <laughs> they have live babies as well, which is kind of cool because the females will stick their bum in the air and you just see all the little... The, it's like a sausage comes out of them. Really? The white sausage, and then it explodes and all the, the young go out. Yeah, it's really That's cool. That's amazing. And what's the advantage of that for their environment? I suppose dispersal. Right. That would probably make the most sense to me, but you'd want to ask somebody who's an, an expert in cockroaches okay. and especially in these ones. Do you know, I'm, do you know I'm, what I'm Mr. Generalist. Right. You've got a little tiny one there yeah. in the hand. It's very Yeah, the thing that, that freaks me out is when they're fast moving. But she is it a she? That's a she. That's a she. She's she's very quiet on my hand. Yeah. She's actually just sort of resting and What she's doing is the reason I gave you her is because she's about to molt. Is she? That's why she's very quiet. Ah. You can see here on her back. Yeah. It's like a zipper. Yeah. So that will split open and she'll come out. She'll be pure white. Oh wow. Uh white and soft. And then she'll harden up and she'll be uh, a little bigger than she was before. And is she very vulnerable then, obviously? Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. So, and I'm seeing and, some... And, and they give off a pheromone as well when, oh. they're, when, they're, when they're molting, which certain animals can smell. So, yeah. And that attracts them to eat or to keep them away? Okay, animals will eat them like mad. Right. So what I'll do is every night I'll come in and I'll look for white ones. Yeah. Because if I feed whatever animal... A white one, yeah. it's able to digest everything. Okay. Whereas if it has the exoskeleton hard, yeah, it won't be able to digest that. Yeah. And they're quite tough, you know. You can get, mm. you can get impactation and. I'm seeing some empty shells or empty exoskeletons down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them, some of them who, oh, some of the amazing. older breeders that, that pop their clogs as well, the others will eat them. So. All oh, right. No romance. Now there, <laughs> I, I convinced you about them. Now here's the hard sell. Oh God. Okay. There's, a, there's another bunch we have here. And look, look at, my, at that hair. Look at the hair yeah. there. Look at my, what do you think of my tights? Ladders all over. <laughs> so you have a big pair of tights over that box. Yeah. Well, you see, one thing about cockroaches are they're great escape artists. So if you look behind you on the door, see the white lining I had to put there? Oh, yeah. So that's yep. just to ensure uh, my, my wonderful neighbour, Jean, doesn't wake up one day with cockroaches all over her house. God bless your neighbours. Oh, they're wonderful. <laughs> Shouldn't they have it? A free zoo next door. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Okay, you just open another big tub. Now these are the, the, the these are red runner uh, roaches. And they they're are another running. food. Yeah, they're about they a centimeter. Yeah. So these would be very similar to the ones you would find that are pest species. Okay. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would. They look yeah. exactly like the ones you see running under the fridge. Exactly. And I think that's what's the hard sell for a lot of people. They're associated with dirt. Dirt. Yeah. And, and of course, yeah, because they live in sewers and. Places like that, you can see it. there's a lot of them there. Jeez, you've got hundreds of them there. Yeah, so these are more for smaller spiders and stuff right. like that, you know. And I, I only set the colony up there. Actually, a girl in Scotland I met on Twitter yeah. uh, sent me some over. So, so yeah. you have the tub here, you have a, a substrate at the bottom, looks like uh, compost. Compost. Yeah. And then you have egg cartons that they can actually hide under and yeah, you, have, eggs. you have pieces of wood there, they can go in and out, and there's bits of things, bits of vegetable vegetation to eat. 
Look at the babies. <laughs> There's so many of them running. It's the whole thing. Like, There's one, There's the white, white ones. One. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And um, I have goosebumps everywhere. This is insane. <laughs> My legs and Jenny, everything. Jamie, right. And um, I think they freak us out too because they're so hard to get rid of in the sense that they're very resilient, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, you don't want these getting out in your house big mm. time, you know. I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard of... Uh, Friends of mine who've who've had colonies in them that have escaped and they've had nightmares trying to get rid of them out of their kitchen, you know. And cockroaches can be quite invasive as well. Mm. So, like the German cockroaches, basically worldwide now, you know, Mister New York. So, yeah. But I think uh, I think I've I've done a good job there now. I mean, like I, you've never held a cockroach. Before. There you go. And I've held a couple. Two. Yeah. Um, my my own experience of cockroaches is the usual thing. Of I was working in a hotel in Sydney. And it was literally overrun with cockroaches. I remember I was behind the bar one day. We used to have a, a buffet. I was behind the bar and I, a customer came up looking for a drink. And a cockroach just scooted over the bar right in front of the customer. I just flicked it off the bar and just stood on it. And I do feel guilty about that. I stood on it and just kept eyeballing the customer. Yeah, why don't I get you? But then a couple of days later, the jig was up because somebody found the cockroach in their food. Oh, and back in the kitchen, God. the place was overrun with cockroaches like it was unbelievable it was you know, overwhelming do you know here's an interesting place where we mm-hmm. have cockroaches in dublin come on the botanic, the botanic gardens oh i have them here really hang on so i have a good friend theo who works in wildlife he works in wildlife filament and we were in the, the botanic gardens one day and he was saying do you know there's cockroaches here so in the co- actual gardens as opposed to the Yeah, they're in the, no, they're in the, the, in the greenhouses. Oh, right. So they came in on the plants and they've been living there ever since quite happily. Ah. Now, it's not overrun with them, but yeah. there are quite a few. And yeah. I took two home and now I have a, oh my God, a fairly decent colony. Them. So I'm holding a Tupperware, a big Tupperware thing in my hand. They're Australian got... roaches. Oh, right. Yeah. And they're about two So that's actually probably the same roach you encountered many years ago. They're actually, <laughs> they actually have nice colouring. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they have yeah. nice colouring. They have a little bit of um, sort of a, a white bit on their shells just behind their heads so the difference between looking. them and the red runner roach even though they look very similar yeah. is these guys are arboreal so they can climb up glass ah, so I have to keep them well, right. well secured yeah and the German cockroaches are dark aren't they yeah I woke up one day in a hostel in Jordan and uh, it was a really really cheap dive and I'd stupidly left an apple right beside my bed right beside my my head crawling with them I know there was one. I, oh, I woke no. up and I heard a munch, munch, <laughs> munch, munch. What size was it? It was about three cent. No, it was about five centimeters. Oh that my god! Five centimeters. No, I wouldn't be having and that. And I, I freaked. I had to keep the light on the whole night. Ah! Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> you just. <heard. laughs> it's only a bit of food. That was brilliant. That's Sorry a, about that. That's how tense I am. I thought you dropped it. Cockroach, <laughs> <on> you? <laughs> yeah. Oh they're, my god! I mean, like they're they're. Um, they're a hard sell. Don't get me wrong. They're a hard sell, but, but I'm. They're essential. I'm probably essential never quite warm to them, the but I've held one. Yeah. I didn't die. I didn't completely exactly. freak out. Not completely that time. Anyway. There you go. That's amazing. So if we can convince people that cockroaches are decent, then and yeah, I think that might be your bar. But there's there's other beautiful insects too. So I'm looking at this amazing stick insect. I mean, they're stunning. Tell me about those. They're an easy sell, I'd imagine. Yeah, the spiny stick insects are gorgeous. I mean, well, they just look they're like really unusual, and they get really big. Like their their eggs, I got in. 
So it's an interesting process that you can get them. You can actually buy them on eBay as, as the eggs. So And you get them in the post from other breeders. Right. And obviously they, they are eggs. You know, I put them on a bit of towel or in a bit of compost. and so just Tupperware and J-cloth. Yeah, and, and spray it. The eggs are and the eggs hatch two out. millimetres. Yeah, they hatch out. And then I pop the, the young ones into the, the, big, the larger little jars and feed them up and, and so on and so forth. And these are going to end up in this enclosure here. Which a, big, a large <coughs> terrarium. Yeah. But what I find amazing is when you start looking at the individual, even even the cockroaches, like they have evolved to such an extent. They've developed skills and adaptations to stay alive that yeah. are extraordinary. And like these guys look like Well, if you look at the sticks. cockroach extended family, like, you know, praying mantises. Yeah. So they're predatory cockroaches. Oh, right. They just broke away millions of years ago. Ah. And termites are social cockroaches. You're reaching up for something now from so the top I'm shelf. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to see if I can show you this beautiful girl. <laughs> So this is, this is a really pretty <gasps> praying mantis. Oh my God, that is a beautiful... So it's my actually, friend Kat... Um, it's about five centimetres? Yeah, and it looks like a leaf from it the back. It does look like a leaf. Like a, it looks like a, almost like a flat cigar. Yeah. Beautiful. So my fr- friend Kat, she um, breeds all sorts of mantises, all wow. fancy ones, and they're really beautiful. So I get the odd one because I just find them really interesting. Yeah. Great for talks. Uh, great to show the evolution of camouflage mm. like you would swear that's a leaf you if would. I put that there you would not know it was a no. an animal absolutely not and it's got the, so it's like a leaf but it's raised its head is raised like you would see you know, a praying mantis in that typical pose exactly. right beautiful absolutely beautiful now that's extraordinary and it's a, yeah, it's a classic insect tree legs yeah. segmented body look at the colours there oh yeah I can see her now she's moving and I can see those beautiful two front legs that are very typical yeah. and iconic and that head oh my god she's a stunner and she's just swaying gently as she's sitting yeah. on top and of the and she can head. fly somewhat can she? yeah uh, I had her at the, um, I had her in the college showing the students there and uh, they were quite chuffed to see her flying around wow quite, quite frightened some of them <laughs> it's bizarre when you see so well the students jumping out of their skin when they see an insect just like I did a second yeah. ago <laughs> Oh, it's allowed. It's allowed. <laughs> um, so she would she fly then mainly to get away from a predator? Yeah, I think I think it's not really, or maybe to if they if they can go on and colonize new areas and, mm. and such. You know, there's a lot of flying. If you're ever in the continent as well, you'll see lovely green European mantises as well. They're gorgeous. Right. Um, unfortunately, we're still in the little nippy here for mantises, mm. but that may not be the case for long. Don't get me wrong, I like insects and stuff, but you know, I'm still a bit wary of them when they're when they're moving fast and when there's too many. And what, the way I try to get around that is to say, look, they're my neighbours. Yeah. They have as much right to be here as I do. You know, we have sash windows. We live in an old house. I love seeing all the spiders that nest in all the bits, like tiny yeah. spiders. And I see the spider poo, yeah. and I'm fascinated by that. So little by little, I'm training myself to realise they're neighbours yeah. and they have as much right. Yeah. And once you start to flip your thinking... It's amazing how much joy you can get out of it. Like, it's yeah. actually interesting. Yeah, you can watch them killing, you can watch them eating yeah. other flies. And I think that's the key, isn't it? When you start to get to know them, yeah. you can sort of fall for them. Yeah, I mean, I think we all, at some stage in our life, I think there is a, a phase when we're kids that we're all into bugs. Mm. And then something happens. People grow out of it. I never yeah. grew out of it, obviously. <laughs> well, uh, I have a friend, actually, who's an artist. He draws comic books. And he has a great saying, and I kind of apply it to the the insects as well. When people say to him, "When did you start drawing?" and he said, "When did you stop?" Yeah. And I find the same with a fascination for the natural world because I think most kids, at some point in their life, have uh, 
a fascination with, with nature and wildlife, whatever it is, whether it's been collecting crabs down the, sh- the seashore or throwing flies into spider yeah. webs. Like me and a couple of my good buddies would be the exact same who are spider mad, started off the same way, or collecting frog spawn. And then people stop. Mm. The mortgage takes over or your career and, and sometimes you you have to go to a museum and just go, oh, I remember I used to see that. Yeah. Or, or you get you get to, to see one of my colleagues giving a talk or something like that, which we would do a lot to kind of public outreach. Yeah. And that might spark that little... Mm. That little memory, and maybe then you might think, "Oh, I'll put a pond in my garden. That'd be cool." Or yeah. I'll plant some flowers, or I'll let a little patch of my pristine lawn go wild. For yeah. you know, it's slowly chipping away. Hopefully, it's not too late. It's hard not to get despondent when you see figures coming in, and you just every year, especially if you're continuously surveying, and you just see numbers dropping and dropping mm. and dropping, and it's like, "Oh God, this is not good," you mm. know. And then it hits the news, and I just, I just hope it's not too late. But there you go. You yeah. just have to keep slugging, slugging I, away. Yeah, I think you just have to keep at it. You have yeah. to keep trying. Oh, yeah. Like no matter how depressing it gets, you just have to say, even if I have a log outside my door, at least I can look at these insects yeah, and see exactly. what's going on, and learn about exactly, them. Yeah. Well, listen, I need a cup of tea or something stronger yeah. after that. <laughs> We're doomed. That was a nice day in the shed. Thank you for that. No problem. Really enjoyed it.